Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, which aims to advance gospel-centered youth ministry by equipping and empowering youth ministers and parents to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. The Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference Podcast, the Rooted Parent Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. To learn more about Rooted, visit rootedministry.com. I'm your host, Davis Lacey. We're just a few months away from Rooted's 2022 conference, which will be held in Kansas City, Missouri, and here to help us get excited, uh, more so than we already are, about the upcoming conference and about the host city, Kansas City. Uh, I'm joined by Miss Kansas City herself, Kendall Connor. Kendall, welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. For those of you that don't know Kendall, uh, you're really missing out. Kendall is a former steering committee member uh, for Rooted. She's currently serving as the group's minister at Redeemer Fellowship in Kansas City, Missouri, which just so happens to be the host site of this year's 2022 conference. Uh, And she's continuing to work with Rooted as she helps out uh, specifically with Rooted Reservoir, which you haven't checked that out. You're missing out. Be sure to check out rootedreservoir.com. Kendall, is that enough plugs for the opening that of is, this podcast? That is plenty. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, since I'm, since I'm going to be done plugging things, uh, I'd love for you to just spend some time uh, plugging Kansas City for us. Nice. You've lived there for three years. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Perfect. So originally from Memphis, uh, lived in Oklahoma City for a little bit, are now in Memphis. I would love for you to share with us um, just what has surprised you about the city and and what you're really excited, maybe for those who are coming to Kansas City for the first time this fall, uh, what might surprise us as we visit? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will say I moved here, when was it? Back in October of 2019. So I got the privilege of being here right before the Kansas City Chiefs went into their first Super Bowl win in over 50 years. That's so awesome. got to be a part of the parade for the Chiefs after they won the Super Bowl right before Everything happened with COVID, and it was so fun to just see the energy and the passion of the city. Um, I've had people tell me they describe Kansas City as like a sleeper city. People don't realize like where it is, but how much is here. Um, And so it's been really fun just to see like you have the Royals, you have the Chiefs, you have a lot of like those big things going on, but then you have just some really deep, rich history here too, and some really... um, yeah, just some really cool ties and roots to a lot of the things that have happened um, across the country that kind of went through Kansas City as like the central city in the U.S. So there's a lot to discover here, which has been really fun. That's awesome. I cannot wait to come out. I've only been to Kansas City once before. Uh, it was for a seminary class there at Midwestern. And yes. so um, I'm excited to come back and maybe see a little bit more of the city than I did uh, when I was purely just on campus. I mean, let's put it in this way. We have just recently been chosen to be one of the host cities for the world cup. So like there's, there's something really cool to offer here. We're going to bring the world to Kansas city. So you guys get to come first and see what it's like. We get, we get to be the Guinea pigs. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Um, well, I know the way to my heart is through my stomach. And so just purely for our listeners, right? Not for me at all. I would love for you to talk about maybe some of your top destinations for, uh, eating, for drinking, for coffee, like where where should we plan on uh, filling up while we are in Kansas City for the conference? Oh man, Davis, this is a hard question for me. There are so many good choices and I feel a little bit nervous that I'm going to be canceled by any of my Kansas Cityans who hear me choose some and not say the others. So um, 
Yeah, I think the number one thing you have to know is that Kansas City is known for their barbecue. That is obviously, I mean, I know there's people right now already saying that they don't believe it because of where they come from, but known for their barbecue. So number one barbecue place for me is Kansas City Joe's. Um, So that's my first spot for food. Where the conference is going to be located, we're in the Westport area of Kansas City. So it's kind of midtown um, and there are incredible restaurants that are like walking distance. So I would say out of those that you could just pop over to while you're at the conference would be Char Bar. It's down in Westport. Um, The plaza is right down the street as well. So you can walk down to the plaza and get some really good, um, nicer restaurants down there, like Graham and Dunn, places like that. But I have to name this because this is a proud moment for Kansas City. Last year in 2021, Forbes magazine actually named Kansas City as the taco capital of the United States. So Kansas City, Kansas has the best tacos in all of the U.S., which is, I know, shocking to hear, but it's so good. So there are a couple places um, that are close to where we're at, but my number one for tacos would be San Antonio's. So that is, you have to try the tacos while you're here too. So barbecue and tacos be the top choices there. As far as coffee, this is really hard because there's so many good coffee. I just know you're a coffee person, so I wanted you to at least kind of yes. walk us through. You can just walk us through your uh, your seven-day week rhythm of which seven uh, that you stop through during the week. I don't know, just, whatever. Just keep going. Just keep it. Um, I would say the number one, my number one um, in Kansas City would be oddly correct. So they used to actually um, have a location in the Midtown area. They're not far now. They just moved a little bit over um from where they currently were but oddly correct me my top and then there's also one that's a little further south not very far driving distance it's called second best coffee okay really really great close to the church you still have um there's a place called the filling station and there's messenger coffee if you want to do a really cool skyline view rooftop um experience while drinking your coffee you go to the messenger coffee on 18th street you can go up to the roof and you can see a good skyline view of Kansas City. It's Ooh, beautiful. That sounds that sounds like I'm going to be doing that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, hey, last question I've got just about the city before we talk maybe about the conference and specifically about your your workshop that you're going to be leading. Um, I, you know, I have traveled to the conference with my family before, wife and children. And while I'm doing the conference, they're always looking for things to do to pass the time. And so I didn't know if you had one or two highlights that you might recommend uh, for folks that may be coming to the conference that are going to have young children with them. Anything that we can't miss in Kansas City? Of course, that's a great question. Um, I've had my niece and nephews come down. There's lots of things that you can do with the kids. There is actually um, Hallmark is headquartered out of Kansas City and right where Hallmark is located in the Crown Plaza area, there is the Kansas City Aquarium. There is Legoland. There is a science center at um, Union Station. Like that whole area just has a ton of different options for the kids to go enjoy. There's some great parks around town too that are fun to just get out and get to. So yeah, there's lots of choices. I say going down to Crown Center though, Legoland, my nephew loves it. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, I would yeah. love it too. Uh, Legos are my <laughs> thing. Still kind of are my thing. So, um, oh yeah, that, for sure. That sounds that sounds like a great plan. 
Uh, well, Kendall, thank you so much for giving us a teaser for Kansas City. I want to transition uh, to talk through maybe your workshop and the conference itself. Yeah. But before we do, uh, let me give a brief pause in the action so that we can hear an update from the sponsor of today's episode. If you're looking for your next curriculum for this school year, we're excited to share two brand new studies with you. A survey of Psalms and Foundations of Grace, walking through Romans and Ephesians. Each of these studies will take you through 30-plus lessons for a full school year of curriculum for your youth group's Bible study, large group, or Sunday school. You can find these and our other studies covering 17 books of the Bible so far at rootedreservoir.com. When you join Rooted Reservoir as a standard or premium member, you also gain access to all of our video training courses, including a new practical course on missions. You also get access to our teaching illustrations bank and our online community. Our goal is to equip you, the youth minister, to disciple your students. And we hope that these inductive Bible study resources and all that Rooted Reservoir has to offer will do just that. Join today at rootedreservoir.com. Okay, Kendall, I would love for you to talk us through uh, the conference and specifically your conference content. You are leading a plenary talk, which I'm excited to hear. Yeah. Uh, and you're also leading a workshop. And the title for your workshop is Teaching the Scriptures to a Post-Christian Generation. Did I get that right? Yes, correct. Awesome. So, uh, you know, my first question just in hearing the title of that is what classifies this current generation of teenagers as a post-Christian generation? Yeah, so I actually am getting that language directly out of a book called Meet Generation Z, um, which is by James Emery White. And so in his study and in his, um, yeah, he did a lot of work to put together some analysis of this current teenage generation, I guess, Generation Z going up from sixth graders to about 25 years old. But he classified, he's the one who first classified them as a post-Christian generation. And he did that through um, understanding that they're the first generation in America that has been raised, the way he puts it is, without any um, understanding of the gospel. And that's simply to say, obviously, this generation, being in America, you've heard a lot of the terminology that's used in the gospel, like our teens would know what who Christ is or have heard the word sin or heard the word grace, those kind of things. But they've been raised um, in such a way that they actually don't have an understanding, a clear understanding of what the gospel is. Um, and he gave statistics as to the number of Generation Z that cannot articulate the gospel, wow. um, haven't been raised in the church, maybe have been raised in the church, but haven't been raised with an understanding of what the gospel is. And so by his statistics... Um, he was the one that labeled them the first true Christian, post-Christian generation in America. We've seen that post-Christian generation hit about, you know, 15, 20 years ago in Europe. And now Generation Z is our first true post-Christian generation in America. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, it, it seems like, you know, this is not just something that you're going to teach us about. This is something that you're doing uh, and have done throughout your youth ministry career. And I'd love for you just to share with us um, why this is a passion of yours, what experiences have shaped you and kind of developed this heart for um, not just talking about the gospel, but really seeing the gospel make headway uh, among those who have have maybe never even heard the name of Jesus uh, in, a, in a substantial way before. Give us, just help us to know Kindle and why yeah. this is something that you're passionate about. Of course, of course. Yes, this is, so this is a work I've been um, 
doing for a while now, specifically trying to understand some of the nuances and worldviews of Generation Z, because I think what we can often um, not under not realize when it comes to generations is that generations aren't defined solely by the years in which the students are born, but it's actually we define generations by worldviews. So what significant events have happened over the course of however many formative years that would have shaped worldviews to have our that generation particularly having a similar understanding of the culture around them. And so I've been doing a lot of work with Generation Z. And one thing that I think if you've been around the church for the last um, 10 years or so, you've heard a lot of talk about how America is very biblically illiterate, right? We kind of use that terminology a lot and we have a lot of um, passion or excitement to bring back biblical literacy into the church to regain that. Um, So as I was studying Generation Z and working with my students, my question then was, okay, well, if we know that this generation is biblically illiterate, then how do we actually meet them where they're at to not, we obviously want to bring in the literacy of scripture, but if you're encountering students day in and day out that don't even understand the idea, the concept or the word of grace or mercy or salvation, how do we meet them there? And so I used to actually serve overseas for several years doing church planting and um, was working in a culture that was 0% uh, Christian. And so um, I was working in a culture that very much so did not have the gospel, did not understand the gospel, um, had no foundation for it. And one of the tools that we used in order to share the gospel with that culture was um, a tool that was developed many, many decades ago called Bible Storying. And it is a, a evangelical tool that was used specifically for culture, for illiterate cultures, cultures that we couldn't just bring the scriptures into. Maybe the scriptures weren't translated yet or they were illiterate and couldn't read the scriptures. Um, And so Bible storying is this way of sharing the gospel through the narratives of the scriptures and building that into the the culture. So getting the gospel through those stories, which, I mean, if you look at the scriptures, right, 75% of them are narrative. So what you, the idea of this is to say, hey, not only is this a tool to share the gospel, but what I have learned over the last several years is that this is also a tool for teaching my students how to read their Bible, but also how to share the scriptures Mm. or the gospel with their peers. There's a lot of fear built into Gen Z. I'll get into all of that at the workshop of where that has come from and kind of where we find them. But I have seen firsthand my students go from complete fear of sharing the gospel to taking hold of this tool of Bible storying and being able to, um, speak the gospel and speak truth to their peers at the lunch table, at their um, sports teams, practices, like all of that. They've just built a, a big confidence in them and a really large wisdom of what the scriptures are. So it's been really fun to see this tool kind of translate into our current student generation. That's awesome. I uh, I can't wait to, to learn from you at this workshop. Um, just because when I think about the folks that are in our church plant, some of whom are teenagers, a lot of whom are different generations, um, I'm starting to notice what you're noticing, that there are an increasing number of people that maybe they've heard of Jesus because they live in the United States of America. But uh, in terms of having any kind of familiarity with the doctrines that Scripture teaches, it's uh, it's it's increasingly... Um, 
yeah, just it, it's increasingly difficult to find folks who have any kind of biblical framework that you can work from. You're really starting from square one. Yeah, um, I remember it was probably about, probably right about five years ago, six years ago now. Um, I had two girls in my student ministry who were seniors, and both of them came to faith um, the summer before their senior year. And so we began doing discipleship with them. I began meeting with them weekly, try to help them um, just just find that foundation as they stepped into their walk with the Lord. And they'd been in and out of the church their whole life. They were raised um, with families who would attend church pretty regularly. So I just assumed something that I'd done most of my youth ministry career is like, okay, man, we're going to start in the gospel of John. Like this is a great gospel to understand more about who Jesus is and, and following Jesus. So we'll start here. And I remember getting into the gospel of John and the first chapter, not even thinking about it, um, barely got through half of it before I realized, oh, they don't know who Abraham is. They mm. don't know who Moses is. Um, they were asking me these questions. I didn't even think to ask like, oh, do you know who Abraham is? They're like, wait, I don't, who is Abraham? I don't understand this. Or what does it mean by this? And it was all Old Testament references that I just assumed they would have a background understanding of. And so at that point I realized, oh, wait, well, I've got to go back like to the, to the foundational stories that got us to the gospel um, to help my students get there. I can't just assume that they have that kind of foundational knowledge. So that was a huge turning point for me to realize, oh, I, this is a different generation that we're speaking into now. Not, not bad, but just different. Yeah. And, and I think that's well said because when I think about, um, when I think about the current landscape of, of ministry, number one, it gets me excited. Uh, just the opportunities to see, Jesus made known where he's not been made known um, really fires me up. Uh, on the other hand, it's also overwhelming um, and and sort of daunting. And uh, I often find myself even even with church planting training, with with theological education, with experience, I find myself often feeling uh, ill-equipped, um, sort of over overtaxed to for the task at hand, if, if that makes sense. And I know if I feel that way, that many folks who may be listening to this podcast feel the exact same way. So um, as we seek a landing, you know, kind of to land the plane here uh, on this podcast, what what words of gospel hope, of encouragement can you give to us um, that might tide us over until we're able to come to Kansas City and actually learn from you during your workshop? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great question. Um the truth is like, man, the greatest encouragement that each and every one of us has is that if God has been faithful through every single generation up until this point, like he is faithful now and he will be mm. faithful to this generation as well. And so there's no reason for us. I think I, I can get a little, um, I don't, I don't know the right word, but it gets inside of me a little bit whenever I hear people talking about like, man, um, this like the there's a discouragement for this generation or like what we're stepping into as a culture is just completely foreign and we we don't know what the gospel hope is the gospel hope is the same that it has always been and so even in a post christian generation the work that our student ministers are doing the work that our student volunteers are doing the work that our parents are doing to disciple their kids in the gospel is a is a good work that is laying a foundation that the word of the Lord does not return void and it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent out. Like he is doing the work that he has always done. And so continue fighting the good work and stepping into the good work. Um, there's always room to grow, but man, if he's been faithful for every generation, he will be faithful for this generation. And he, I'm really excited for what he's doing in generation Z. Honestly, I think 
as hard as it is for them um, in the ways that we didn't experience that kind of challenge as Christians in high school and middle school, I think that's actually something that's going to grow them and strengthen them in ways that we weren't grown and strengthened um, as teens. And I'm, I actually have a lot of hope for that. Amen. Uh, I'm filled with hope listening to you. I can't wait to learn more uh, about the nuts and bolts of this. Um, anything else that you want to either highlight or anything else that you want to leave us with before we sign off on this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast? Man, I, I don't think so. I would just say I'm really, really excited for this October in this conference. I don't know if you guys are anything like me, but this the Rooted Conference is always just a time in the year where I get to step aside and be surrounded by others who are doing the work alongside me that I don't get to see. And I'm just always so encouraged to like just be with my brothers and sisters who are laying hands together for the work of the gospel among this generation. Like I just, I can't wait. It's just such a respite for me. So I'm so excited to be with you guys in October. I wish it would come sooner. (laughs) That makes two of us. That makes two of us for sure. Uh, Well, Kendall, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Um, Where can folks learn more about you and your ministry other than uh, your author's page at uh, rootedministry.com? Yeah, I would actually say there's, I have an article that I wrote a couple of years ago um, on Rooted's website that is actually about Bible storying. So kind of be a a teaser as well for my particular workshop. And um, yeah, and so there you've got the stuff in Rooted, the the curriculums that we have there. I also work alongside a ministry called Gospel Centered Family that you can um, look and look into that a little bit more if you're curious and how to connect with me. Um, And then just at Redeemer doing the good work here in Kansas City. So, Awesome. Kendall, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to hearing more from you in October. Of course. Excited to see you guys. Well, and we're excited to see you too, listeners, and uh, that'll be my invitation to you is please join us uh, at the Rooted Conference. You can learn more at rooted-conference.com, and we'll have that link in the show notes of this episode as well. Uh, But for now, just want to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving us five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit rootedministry.com. And as always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music for this podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Rooted, my name is Davis Lacey, and thanks for listening to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast.